blue abroad here on this very somber, somber afternoon. I've got Mark and Alex with me. What's up, boys? Terry, how are you, mate? I've been better, mate. I've I've been I've been a lot better. Um, look, it's just really do not know what to say. I mean, it's just as deflating compared to like the last time we actually played the Giants here at home where uh, they got us by over 100 points. And we They even had like 17 or 16 on the field. And, um, and of course, today, the very first goal of the game, they just basically rallied on by kicking 13 out of the next... 14 and it just basically looked um, I guess you know one way traffic all day and after the worst performance that they had against Hawthorne they just pretty much clicked into gear as far as why they are a premiership contender and for them it's pretty much you'd think now or never with all the top half draft picks that they've obviously got by being the expansion club when is it going to end, boys? When is it going to end? Who bloody knows, Tez? Oh, it's, it feels like it's... Oh. The, the annoying thing is, okay, we've played quite average against GWS. Well, not quite average. We've played absolutely despicable today against GWS. And we played pretty horrible against North Melbourne. But, you know, every other game apart from those two, we we could have very easily won. And that's... That's the hardest thing right now is we're sitting at what one and eight right now, and we could very easily be six and three, seven and two, you know, around that mark. And that's the hardest part is knowing that we should be doing a lot better than what we are. Yeah, no, we should. Well, it depends. I mean, okay, I get it. We've been in games and we've let some slip. For me, you just you simply get what you deserve. And, um, I mean, we can talk about how we should have won against the Hawks and and the Suns and, and whatnot, but we didn't win for a reason. And we're here because we deserve to be here because we didn't get the job done when the opportunity was there. Um, I don't want to get all knee-jerk reaction here. I don't want to talk about, you know, sacking bolts or dropping him. or I just, I don't know, I just got to talk about, you know, what, what, what do you actually do? I mean... You know, do we just show up next week and let's say we beat Saint the Saints by I don't know three goals next week? Is everything all good? Does that cover up what happened today? Like, I just can't, I can't, I can't deal with having to sit through these hundred point losses again. It's not even, it's not even the hundred point loss. It's just the the training drill that it was. It's like, how does that happen in in year four of a rebuild? Well, look, as far as um, to your points, I'm just thinking that why on earth did um, Lockie O'Brien, who all of a sudden was never in consideration of um, being in this week, and then all of a sudden then became the late withdrawal for uh, David Cunningham. And then when you speak of having, you know, another big-bodied midfielder to have out Patrick Cripps, why is Matthew Kennedy all of a sudden being held back? It's a good question, mate. It's a good question. Is uh, at, at, and, and to be honest with you, we... We can only theorise why he's not playing because I don't think we actually know. I mean, if you you could talk about, um, you know, this Israel Folau liking of the Instagram post. We can talk about maybe he's just not being so clean with the ball at the VFL level. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a serious question. Uh, but, le- okay, let's, okay, 
let's say the club come out and, and give us the answer as to why he hasn't been playing. Is that really, is that really enough for us? I think it's just more that uh, we need to start really making bold statements. And if, if it actually means that we have to go a bit more younger next week, for example, with Murphy, even if he was to be clear, I'd say he needs to be dropped, not in regards of him being in the VFL, but this is more about, you know what, we've got to think of the future and the future being now. And I also feel uh, a couple of blokes um, like, yes, O'Brien, and you know what? Paddy Dow, I think, just needs a break in the tooth. Yes, he's a young kid. We understand that, you know, it's probably best for him to still get more of this exposure. But I just think for him, if he goes into the VFL, stars, gets his mojo and confidence back for at least, let's say, a three- to four-week period. Let's say a month, for example. And then all of a sudden, his self-esteem and confidence is at a sky high. You think right there for a young kid, that's where he can all of a sudden build momentum come back in, into the team, and then all of a sudden, he may actually skyrocket in the second half of the season by having some games in the VFL. The I hear VFL what you're saying. I hear what you're saying, but at the same time, you're contradicting yourself a little bit because, uh, and you're not the only one that says, uh, you know, let, let's give the kids a go. But on the one hand, you can't say, let's drop Murphy and think about the future of our football club. And then on, on the other hand, say, oh, these kids are too young to be exposed to AFL footy. They're low in confidence, so they need to go back to the twos. You either go one way or the other. Look, that, and, that's a, and that's a fair point too, Tez. I, and again, I, I do understand exactly where you're coming from. I think it's just more that a lot of players have been gifted games and you almost feel like those that have been performing, great example, uh, Patrick Kerr. You know, he's been able to uh, kick goals in the VFL and just recently on the weekend, he bagged six goals. Okay, being against Frankston, but doesn't really matter. Showed signs of being a high leading up forward, snag a few, putting scoreboard pressure. And you almost feel like um, with the defence being very depleted at the moment, which you've had Mitch McGovern at stages throughout today, having to be, you know, as of a centre-half back, because we've got, you know, a good three quarters of our back line out. What's the harm of having, let's say, Charlie Kerner, Harry McKay, and Patrick Kerr for the time being? Yes, I understand. We've got the reason why we got the governor is to obviously have that three forward line mantle. But I'm just saying for the now, where Kerr can have a bit of confidence in which he's obviously dominating in the VFL, and uh, a few other players in um, look, I, I think for solo, hopefully can get an opportunity to come back in because we do need to have more of that age 25 to 28 bracket into the side just to, you know, build the same amount of experience with the youth. And as we get towards the second half of the season, I do really hope that, um, you know, the mature age players coming back in could probably just, uh, you know, give a bit of a boost for the side and maybe we might be able to, uh, you know, see some uh, improvement. Um, from round 10 onwards. What do you think, Alex? I'm going to go on to a different point. And I I just worry about the game plan. Like, watching the game today, this, I don't know if GWS's speed and all that sort of stuff had a lot to do with it, because it definitely does have a lot to do with it. But just so many loose blokes running around everywhere. Our guys look tired. 
because they were chasing the game the entire game. And they just they just looked out of it. That GWS were playing games with us at, at times and it just you know, I, I worry like I worry what they're actually trying to accomplish on the field. Like there was just no intensity, there was just no no effort, there was no endeavor. Yeah, it's that sort of stuff's got to come into question as well. Not just necessarily the playing group, just just what they're actually doing on the field as well. So, yeah, um, yeah. I feel like when it's, the it's game got, today, I, f- I feel like when the game got to a point in the first quarter where it was, oh, let's I don't know, let's say it was uh, a five goal margin. I feel like it got to a point where they just sort of said, ah, too hard, too hard, not up for it, not up for the fight. There was no fight back. There was no collective fight back. Credit to the Giants. They, uh, first of all, I don't think any of us expected to win today. And, uh, and second of all, you know, we're talking about a team that fancies themselves as a genuine premiership contender who had a horrific performance last week and were always going to respond, uh, especially when you're in that contender bracket. And so I don't want to take too much away from them, but that they were, I mean, you look at... I mean, you want to talk about elite and silky? Their, their timing was was perfect in nearly every passage oh. of play. Like they were, their overlap running was incredible. Um, it's like the, the the receiving player of every handball was sprinting at the right time. You knew when he was going to get it. And um, we don't have the ability. And I've spoken about this a little earlier in the season. Um, I'd love to know the coaches in, in the AFL. I'd love to know their insight as to what they believe the difference in you know not having the runner this season makes because I feel like sides like us, we aren't really ready to make in-game adjustments mid-quarter. And when you don't have a runner out there uh, to give you that message as quick as what you used to, I'm not sure if that impacts. Having said that, there were a lot of goals kicked in the first quarter, so I'm sure the runner was out there a lot. Mm, yeah. Look, I, I'm definitely not taking anything away from GWS. They... They made us look like training cones out there. They really made us look second rate. And it looked, you know, just from a fan's perspective, it looked quite embarrassing, which, you know, which really does suck because I I really came into this game. Look, I had a bit of an uneasy feeling about today, knowing that, as you said before, GWS were going to step back up after such a bad week last week. But I didn't think it was going to be that, that bad. I thought we would have at least put up, you know, a much better fight than to go down by uh, 93 points or whatever it was. So, yeah, that's that's the hardest thing is I just I'm, – I'm shocked and, you know, I'm shocked and appalled at just what we put out there, that's all. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to go back one step to the, the selection. I think I think the point you made, Mark, about, you know, Paddy Curry – look, spot on. Um, and he, there is a position where we can start saying, hey, let's let's look ahead rather than – uh, at the has-beens. Now, Levi Kasbolt, I, I think it's. I think we can all agree he's a, he's a good to have as a squad player. And I think we can all agree that he's not going to be in our next premiership side. That's a position where I would say, right, that's where I'd go with Paddy Kerr over, over Levi Kasbolt. Uh, for a few reasons, for what I've just said. And also, I mean, he's knocking down the door. He kicked six goals. He was the game winner. Um, there's a position that I would say, yep, no worries. Make that change. Um, the other thing is the, the senior guys in our team, they suck. They're just not good enough. You look at, and I don't like to compare other teams because every, everyone's got their own situation. 
But you look at you know, other surging teams who are coming up in their in their rebuild, if you want to call it. You look at someone like the uh, a team like the Brisbane Lions. You look at all their senior players who are just carrying the load for them now, while the the juniors, you know, develop. Um, and you look at you know the Neils, the Robinsons, uh, and the like. They're all performing. The Zorkos, our senior guys, they're just not performing anywhere near their best footy. Yeah, I. Um... Obviously, agree with that as well. And you mentioned about the Brisbane Lions having, like, Luke Hodge, for example, yeah. as their uh, mentor. Um, with you know having obviously the likes of Zorko still there, and uh, obviously Lockie Neal's been a big recruit um, for them. I was just, uh, and actually, it's funny. I, I mentioned this to Alex before. What's the harm in trying to let's say have a look at maybe a Jared Ruffhead, similar to like with Luke Hodge? That, uh, again, part of the Hawthorne successive era, you know, even uh, with uh, Alistair Clarkson making the bold statement of dropping Roughhead uh, against the Giants, and uh, they managed to obviously A, still pull off the win for their sake, but someone like him that actually can uh, bring a bit of uh, leadership into uh, the young group for maybe a year or two, just to sort of like, you know, build a camaraderie uh, with the group. And then who knows, maybe after that, um, he could probably leave as much as a legacy than what Hodge is doing with Brisbane at the moment. I just think, what are your thoughts as far as like, should we maybe have a look at Jared Ruffhead possibly? Um, I like the idea of bringing him on. I'll go one step further. I'm going to read out to you. I'm going to read out to you the coaching staff at, um, that we have, not just Bolts, um, but the people who are working in, in different areas of our game. So we know that we've got John Barker as a stoppage coach. Cameron Bruce, Cameron Bruce uh, is our midfield coach. David Teague is our forwards coach. Dale Amos is our defensive coach. Shane Watson is also a defensive coach. Uh, and then if you want to talk about another midfield coach, we've got Brent Stanton. No offense, but if you want to talk about the guys that did play uh, at the highest level, Cam Bruce, an okay footballer. Brent Stanton, okay footballer. Uh, I'm looking there. I mean, I'm looking at everywhere. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to die. I'm trying to go everywhere in this, in this, um, you know, in this part of our club, and, and try and dig a little deeper and see what else we can find. I think our assistant coaches are um, also need to have some spotlight put on them. Uh, and I think someone like a Jared Ruffhead, maybe not bring him on as a as a player on the list, but you know, you know, actually bring him on as an assistant coach. I'm more than happy to, um, uh, you know, to, to, to run with that because, I mean, first of all, he's, he's a, you know, legend of the game, smart footballer, uh, but also he's, you know, he's got a good relationship with Bolt. Obviously, Bolt was at Hawthorne for many of those years, um, including those premiership years at, at the Hawks. So, mate, I, I, think, we, I think there is, there, there is some merit in uh, having a real good look at our assistant coaches who have been at the club for a few years now, a lot of them, um, and just seeing maybe we need to shake up there. Terry, I've just got one thing to say. Or oh, it's not even a say, it's an action. That's all I have to say because, Mark, was I not telling you that before? He that actually mentioned worrying that. About, worrying about our coaches and worrying about... Uh, the, do these players look like they're de- being developed right? You know, I'll, I'll look at like a team like Richmond, say, okay? Now, we know Richmond has still got all their gun players and, you know, Dusty and Tom Lynch and all this sort of stuff. But then you look at they've had all their injuries and you look at the young guys that are coming through and it's like nothing's changed. 
you know so and and that's and a lot of that comes down to coaching and mm-hmm. what they're being taught and their development and stuff like that we just look i guess miles behind in that regard so i'm i'm straight out with you on that point says with with the coaches and wondering what they're doing because you know we we just look so far behind everyone else and it it really does you know it, it makes me angry so I want to look a little um, deeper. I, I, I want to, uh, and I'm just, these are just names off the top of my head um, of, you know, really good players who have then gone on to become assistant coaches. And I look at, uh, there's two that popped to my mind straight away. I think, I believe Brett Kirk is a midfield coach at the Swans and has been for quite some time. He was a fucking superstar. And I believe mm-hmm. Sam Mitchell was a midfield coach for the Eagles. Uh, yes. Right after he retired. Now, we're talking about a champion who can actually teach you something. Now, again, I haven't played at the highest level. I'm not saying I'm, you know, I'm better than these people, but I'm sorry. But Cam Bruce, David Teague, Shane Watson, Josh Fraser, Brent Stanton, and um, Hamish McIntosh, these aren't premiership players. These aren't, these aren't brilliant minds. Um, and, and maybe I'm being a little unfair and... You know, maybe, you know, I, I, I'm showing a little bit of disrespect there, but I'm sorry, enough is enough. Fuck. When is it going to end, you know? No, no, mate, you're not, you're not talking, you're not talking uh, crap at all because I absolutely agree with you. I agree with you 100%. We need, with especially how young we are, we need specialist coaches. And these guys that are with us now aren't specialist coaches. They were just substandard AFL players that, we're playing AFL. They weren't Brent, champions. Brent Stanton we need, was a fucking guys. Brent Stanton was a, a downhill skier at Essendon. Who, when yeah. the going got it's tough, he disappeared. Goal. He disappeared in all the big yeah. games. Yep, exactly my point. And uh, I don't know, mate. I, I still have no words. I really don't. And you mentioned with Cameron Bruce as well. I mean, he would be the type of player where you know maybe against the bottom sides he'd look half decent, but when it was like the best of the best, he again was basically gone missing and could not really prove to be a match winner in his own right or have any other sort of leadership in his playing days when, again, playing against the uh, better sides. So uh, just, again, finding that equilibrium of, uh, of a leadership standard there. I'm going to do a... Wasn't that much, David Teague was good, but he wasn't that much chop either. So Yeah, and it, look, look, he was a Carlton man and, and I loved him because of his, you know, his hardness and he won the best and fairest and you know he was a... A battler, but again, he's not elite. And if if you're not learning off someone who's elite, what is the absolute best that you can learn from them? You know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Agree, one hundred percent. You know, it's it's one it's one you know um, it's one factor of many, but it's one that I, I you know I'm I'm, I'm going to do a good little study of it this week. I want to have a look at the the coaching staff uh, around the leagues uh, and, and see. And see if that matches up with uh, you know the best midfields, the best forwards, and whatnot. And um, I'll, I'll get back to you guys later in the week and see what see if I can come up with some sort of a trend there because it's something that um, we we don't often talk about because they're not in the spotlight. And obviously, bolts fronts up every week because that's what you do when you're the senior coach. Um, but yeah, I mean, I said it in my you know very brief review of after the game. I, I mean. Le Judice is a is he's done first of all great things with the club. Um, in terms of, you know, making a decision, 
and in terms of uh, being a part of you know the new board that was uh, restructured after two, after Mick left, um, but to, uh, far too often I don't see him enough. I don't see I don't see strong um, leadership off the field enough, and it only sort of pops up when it's crisis. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe we don't want to see him when uh, we're up and about because it's you know he's not there when when we're doing terribly. But yeah, I want to see all of them. I want to see. All of them under the under the microscope. I want to see Sauce right out there. I want to see Mark Wojtyszak. I want to see Kane Little um, because Bolts. Yes, all right. Look, there's an argument to be made that he's a he's not the guy and whatever. I, I haven't thought about it too hard yet, but um, yeah, I mean, disaster day today, and and we need our leaders off the field to come in and, and step up this week. I think. Well, they're. They're definitely going to be in the spotlight this week, that's for sure. So, um, I, you know, we're one club. They need to do it as one. They need to, uh, you know, all stick up for each other. They need to stick up for what they do best. And they need to, you know, just work together on this and, you know, figure something out because, yeah. And look, in regards of what Alex had just mentioned as well, um, a great example how Patrick Cripps getting tagged today uh, by Matt DeBoer, in which, mind you, he has claimed a lot of victims uh, this year, probably except for five. Uh, obviously, Cripps was definitely not himself today. He kept pushing and shoving the opposition. He gave away dumb free kicks. And then my big question was, okay, if he's been tagged, because obviously teams have studied, obviously, our boys that easily and noticed that he's obviously a fantastic player, this was a good opportunity for the likes of SBS, Fisher, Dow, of course, Walsh has already been amazing, but even, you know, he's slowly probably just finding it a little bit rough at the moment. But then again, I mean, hey, he's only going to obviously get better and better in time, Walsh. But I'm, I, this is this would have been a good opportunity, like I said, for the likes of Dow, Fisher, SBS and co, to really take that mantle and actually, like, really stand their authorities uh, as players. Mm. Uh, when the going has really gotten tough. Not obviously uh, when things are obviously going well. This is going to really, you know, solve their own characters as people. And I was just wondering uh, your thoughts on that. Because, um, again, when Cripps gets shut down, who is going to step up to the plate? Yeah. Um, first of all, I agree with you. Um, and in terms of who's going to step up, it's going to come from, you know, that group of, of mids of ours. So if you look at, let's say, if I pick five names, you know, Samo, Fisher, uh, Dow, maybe Dow's a little bit too young to be, to be, to be putting me out there. But, you know, maybe, I mean, look, the reality is that's who's out there. Um, I look at our mids and they're not able to, maybe not yet, maybe they won't be able to do it in their careers because it's not their games, but there is no one else that can come and really take the game by the scruff of the neck in terms of, using their physicality, it would need to be done with, you know, elite effort or elite running power, like very much like what Samo did when he had his breakout game a few weeks ago. He didn't really do that with his superior strength. He had that breakout game with his elite, you know, skill, but also work ethic and, you know, a little bit of a mix of, you know, the doggies maybe not manning him up enough. But I'm looking at the, the you know, the two teams that played today and there's a little graphic that I've got here um, that was posted in one of the Carlton groups uh, by Jazza Blake, who's uh, who, who runs the Bound by Blue page. Um, and 
there is no one else that can step up right now when Cripps has those moments because they're just not big enough. They're not strong enough. I mean, if you want to look at someone like Mark Murphy, who is more experienced, he's not that kind of player anymore. He's not a bruiser. He's preserving himself a little bit. You could look at Daisy Thomas, maybe. But again, he's not, he's not that type of play where it's like, okay, boys, come with me. I'll carry us for you know the next five, six minutes. Um, Nick Newman, maybe. But again, not a midfielder. But I thought he actually did you know, play a, a reasonable game today. Um, and then we're looking at, I'm looking at who played today. I'm looking at, well, you can't say Stocker, third game. You can't say Setterfield, eighth game. Walsh, ninth game. Uh, Lockie O'Brien, 24th game, but, but you know, nine to, what is he, 19 years old. You know, then you've got Paddy Dow, 27th game, 19 years old. Zach Fisher, maybe you can maybe start putting the heat on him. But again, 43rd game, 20 years old. Jack Silvani, 48th game, 21 years old. Samo, 51st game, 21 years old. So we, you're right. We, we don't have that next um, person. And I think that's where the appeal in Stephen Canelio comes from because we don't have that kind of player that can do the job uh, for five, six minutes to make the other team think about another player in Carlton because when, when they shut down Cripps, you shut down Carlton. That's, that's how it is right now. Yeah, look, um, again, pretty uh, straightforward uh, right there. And, and that's why it obviously um, does question as well that, you know, as we do get into the buy rounds and, of course, through the second half of the season where some of these young bodies will eventually probably get rest up and, yep. uh, again, trying to have more of that 25 to 28-year-old bracket in order to try and, you know, of course, not just fast track, the team, but just to have that balance of, you know, the young and up and coming talent that's willing to obviously learn from a bit more of the mature and experienced bodies. And then from then, you just never know. Maybe there could be a, a, a change uh, of a tide around the corner. But um, look, I mean, it does really hurt where you've got, you know, you still got Kate Simpson out in which, you know, he's just that backbone into the back line. Obviously, you know, Liam Jones being out as well. And again, at 28, has been playing, uh, you know, an amazing role on uh, shutting down a few key forwards himself until he obviously had the concussion against North Melbourne. And look, I keep saying Alex every time. Um, we just really hope and pray to God that Sam Doherty, rest yourself up, obviously, throughout this year. As far as any possible talk of coming back this year, don't because if he was to get injured again and then all of a sudden follow another 12 months, that's all of 2020, then you get to a stage thinking, look, yeah, you, you may have age still on your side, but three knee Ricos in a row, you're getting into the prime years, that's where uh, it does become a lot concerning. We just hope that round one 2020, he's there with the bulk of the boys and from there, and hopefully Bolton's still around. We, you, look, the club has obviously still backed him in to let him have his five-year period, let everyone get on the park. Season in under Andrew Russell. And you think from there, whatever's happening right now, you'd only like to think that if by next year, if we're still in this predicament, plus injury-free, so our best 22, not winning enough games by then, then the big questions will be asked. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think there'll be um, a serious review at the end of the year. Which I mean, I mean, I think we know that that happens each year. I think Bolt is also on this kind of you know year by year type scenario. But um, there's a guy in one of the other Facebook groups, and his name has has, has slipped my mind right now. Um, and he's been asked, he's, he, he's been, if you want to call it anti-Bolts, you can, but he's been someone who's been an advocate to get rid of Bolts. And I've, you know, defended Bolts for the majority of the time. And the one comment that he keeps saying to me and everyone else in this group, which right now rings alarmingly true, is what is your breaking point? For him, it was, it was uh, zero and four. Right now, we're sitting at, we're one and eight, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, yes. We go into the buy rounds. I mean, what's the breaking point? Is it one and ten? Is it one and eleven? Is it one and twelve? We're not just going to rock up and beat the Saints next week. Hell no! You don't turn around a hundred point beating um, and just you know rock up and win the next week. Something dramatically has to change for us to do that. So I understand the the patience part of it, but I'm also starting to understand the whole. Okay, well, there there has to be some sort of line in the sand, whether it's bolts, whether it's someone else uh, within the club, there's, there, there, yeah, there, there, something's got to give here. Something's got to give. There's a, you can't change culture overnight. And we've, we have made a, a, a difference in our culture. Obviously, we talk about bringing in a whole new list, you know, 53 players in four years or whatever it was. Um, but th- there has to be a breaking point at some point. And now, okay, maybe it's not this week because we, we expected to lose, albeit not the way we did, but... We've got four winnable games coming up. If we don't win, you know, one, two of them, I just, I can't see any other way or any other, you know, outcome. I said this to Mark earlier on in the season. Um, you know, I said if, if by round, you know, 12, 13, we've only won one game or even two games or even after the bye as well, we've only won one, two games. I, it's hard to make a case for, you know, Bolton and even, and as we were saying before, even the rest of the coaching staff to keep their spots there. Like, just, yeah, as you were saying, something's got to give. And unfortunately, I, I, I personally, I don't think that we've drafted the wrong sort of players. I think we've actually drafted the right sort of players. I just don't think they're getting taught properly and they're not getting put properly into the right system. So... I think if by, you know, the buy rounds, I guess, if, yeah, as I said, if we've only won one, two games, it's too hard to keep Bolton. I'll give you another one. It's just no progress. It's just no progress. I'll give you another one to your point. They're also not being led properly on the field. Mark Murphy on on the field. field. Mark Murphy, Dale Thomas, Ed Kerno. These are the guys that they look onto the field to set the example. And uh, look, Murph was good last week against the Pies, but um, and I'm I am Murph's biggest fan. But in terms of having Sam Walsh and Paddy Dow run around with Mark Murphy, and he's a guy that you want to be saying, I want to be like Murph. I don't want them to be like Murph in 2019 because he, he's been he's been and it's, it's it's tough because he put his body on the line today and he copped it. Um, and and that's why he sometimes goes into this preservation mode that we that we call. But uh, I don't see I don't see inspirational leaders apart from Cripps, obviously. Who, depending on how you look at it, he's twenty four years old. Is he a 
he is a leader of the club. He's the captain now, but he's only you know nine games into his into the captaincy. Um, I just I just think it's for me it's it's glaringly obvious that on the field they lack uh, the weight of numbers in the leaders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our unfortunately our experienced players who are supposed to be our experienced players just do not shape up compared to the experienced players like at like at other teams, you know, like at Brisbane with Hodge and, you know, all those sort of guys. That we, they just don't shape up. They're just not being taught, you know, on field the right things. And, yeah, no, I'm with you on that too. That's There's just a range of things that just seem to be not falling into place at the moment. And, you know, I don't think it's a case of something's got to give. It feels like some things have got to give. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. What what is acceptable next week, boys? What 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 do we have to do to to salvage? Because for me, I can't just that'd be a complete lack of respect for St Kilda if I just turn around and said, yeah, well we'll win next week. Well, no, we won't win next week. It's not a given. But what 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 do we do next week? What is the what is what do we what do we go from here? Because we can only make incremental changes next week. Obviously, you can't just you know delist eight players this week. So what do we need to do? bring more effort honestly like just actually make it you know make it look like or not even make it look like do it that you play for Carlton you play for one of the most respected one of the most you know achieved you know one of the greatest AFL clubs ever you need to represent that club and represent what you mean to the fans as well because the fans are obviously really disappointed they need just they need a better effort. And I don't even care how we win. If we do win, they just need to bring something. Because if they bring that effort again, it's, you know, it, it, it's going to be, I wouldn't say the same result. Obviously, we don't think St. Kilda are in the same sort of league as GWS. But it's not going to be pretty again. And, you know, St. Kilda have proved this season that, you know, they're, they're in it. They're in it to compete with teams. They, they took Collingwood a fair bit up until probably that last quarter and, you know, very similar to what we did. So we just, we need to win. We need better effort. We need more leadership. We need our young guys to actually take it upon themselves, take a nice hard look in the mirror and say, I need to step up. Yeah. And they, they need to step up big time. That's plain and simple. And as far as um, for my uh, point of view here, Tez, obviously wholeheartedly, um, agree so much with uh, Alex. I think it's just more about don't worry about the over-analysis of coaching. Bring it to basics. Make it enjoyable. Just play attacking football and just, you know what? It's the old, no guts, no glory. Just take the bold risks. Regardless of being young or not, I think it's just more of just being bold and, you know what? What's the worst that could happen? Sometimes by taking risks like that, you just never know. Maybe you probably think to yourself, it could pay off. And again, how he reiterated uh, earlier, Carlton being, you know, a successful, iconic club in which, you know what, you go through our parents when they were of our age now, back then, they all feared of us. No one wanted to go near of us. We were basically like, you know, Obviously, the most hated side due to our success. We didn't give 
two flying beeps. Don't want to try and have too much of the foul mouth language. Two flying fucks, mate. You let him know. I love it. (laughs) No, but I mean, for fucking real. I mean, like, um, but, but, but dead set. There was a reason why where I even go through people at work and they go through me. Like, mate, from the Carlton that I saw in the heydays of the 70s, 80s and 90s in particular, we're the most feared team. No one wanted to absolutely go near them. Right now, it's almost like you walk past and you feel like they're just going to almost shirt from you with, with you not making any uh, sort of comeback. And, and my also worry is as well, I fear for the generation coming through of the Carlton they're seeing, which it's not the Carlton that not everybody knows. It's more obviously what you would have obviously seen from the successive days. We don't want to obviously drag him into what they're seeing right now. As much as we want to try and ignore all that, unfortunately, we've got a face of the reality. But obviously, we're still trying to harness them, the error, the successive errors that we had. But obviously, it's not with the same intent because we had a bit of mongrel in us. We had a bit of toughness. We had smarts. You took the words out of all my of mouth, mate. You took the words out of my mouth. I was about to talk about the fact that we're losing a generation of supporters. I mean, I'm, we are. I'm, I'm just talking from my experience. My little brother, well, he's not little anymore. He's 17. He, he you know, when, you know, the last, 2013, we played in the finals, albeit we shouldn't have been there because it was because Essendon cheated. I, I, you know, growing up with yeah. him, I was taking him to the games. We were sort of winning. Juddy was still playing and he was a little bit excited. Then we turned to shit again and he's lost interest. This year, I sparked him up a little bit, got him a jersey. Took him to the you know the JLT game, got him excited. We looked okay. We all set a field on his back because he liked him. Um, but we're, we're selling a pipe dream to the next generation. And and when you talk about this generation, they are very, very, very distracted. And if you lose their attention, you lose their attention for good. And I, I mean, I know people that are you know older than me that didn't even get past the second quarter today before turning the TV off. So what's a what's a uh, what's an eleven year old kid gonna do when his mum and dad are telling him you know this is our family team and you take him to the footy what the fuck were they gonna watch today? My my dad couldn't even fucking last the first quarter. Today. Mate, we're turning it. We <laughs> well, would we would turned people into GWS fans today if we're having if we're gonna try and get kids to follow Carlton. Do you know what? Do you know what annoys me now, Tess? Is as Mark was saying before, we were the most fe- we used to be the most feared team. No one wanted to come near us. Now, everyone fucking wants to play against. We're a laughing stock. They're like, yeah, no worries. This is just going to be an easy win, you know. So uh, that's the frustrating thing is we're the we we're the easy beats right now, and it makes me sick. And in saying that, um, like my brother obviously was also a member and really has just turned off as far as going to games, obviously due to his footy commitments and work and whatnot. And, and, and this is a younger brother of mine, um, of course. Um, it, it's pretty sad to think that, you know, at stages we were all going as a family. You know, there were even times where we'd even go into games, how far we're going to win by, almost reminded me of like how, you know, my dad would always see it. He'd seen half of our flags. And of course, yeah, you could say I was obviously what, four, five years of age where we obviously won our flag through in 95. But of course, at the same time, it's still not that same feeling as far as like maybe when you hit a teenage year or let alone an adult because you understand the euphoria, you understand the actual emotion 
and you can really actually understand the true meaning and the definition of success. Rather, whereas a kid, like I'm sure you'd be happy in a sense, but you wouldn't really understand the terminology and the insights of that particular moment at the time. <sighs> Can't believe we're having this conversation. Can't believe we're having this conversation, mate. I, I really, I really don't want to be having this conversation. Um, I mean, having said that, speaking of, you know, supporters, um, I'm not sure if I've told you boys, but I'm coming home in a couple of weeks to see out the season. Hey, Tesla. Mate, oh, wow. mate, I'm back. Someone's got to stand up for the faithful, you know? I'm going to come and see this rebuild through. Oh, fucking come and join us, mate. Hopefully you might be the spark. Uh, mate. Bring that... Bring that passion. Bring that passion that you bring with the Tel Aviv Cheaters and the South Tel Aviv Dragons. <laughs> How does your business go through this? Oh, mate, she she doesn't want to hear a bar of it. She uh, she keeps her distance and uh, she just nods and agrees and doesn't give me any feedback, uh, which is probably better. Um, I think if she did, I'd find a reason to probably snap at her, and that's probably why I talk to myself on a podcast, mate. And at the same time, like, how am I going to try and, um, you know, um, try to attract a beautiful woman of for myself to, like, say, you know what, I'll give you a reason of why you should follow Carlton. I should give you a reason of why that, you know what, we're going to be on the right path again despite having, you know, some leaning. Like, it's really hard to even try and encourage that, not just, like, even from having a possible girlfriend perspective. I'm talking, let's say, it could be from another mate. It could be from extended family how do i try and give them this positive vibe when we're constantly just dishing up these odd performances which all of a sudden like today has almost taken a big backward step for the entirety of the the entirety of this uh, season which we don't want that to be the reason that all of a sudden it really you know reflects of 2019 through today we don't we do not want today's results all of a sudden be the wash up of all these years. You know what the funny thing about this all is? We can sit here, we can try and find solutions, we can say this, we can give opinions. At the end of the day, we are all slaves to the football club and we're going to show up next week. We're going to rock up to that game with some sort of renewed sense of hope that this might be the week that it turns around and we will be going nowhere. We will continue to just... We are at the... I think it's the beauty of, of following a... It's the beauty and the curse of following a club. <laughs> you know, you, you don't really have a say in what goes on within the club. Um, you, we're just sort of, sort of. I think, I think the word is slaves. We are sort of slaves to the club. They do everything, and we're just sort of, whether they're winning or losing, we just show up and, and you know pay our memberships and whatnot. Um, I'm not sure if that landscape's going to change in, in sport with the fans having a a voice. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon with, with footy. That's for sure. But you know, I, I think that's the, the beauty on, of having conversations like this. I've already, I'm already feeling better because I've had, what is it? 43 minutes to just vent my little heart out to you guys and, you know, put some things out there. And hopefully this is a bit of therapy for us to um, get over what was a disgraceful day. Well, let me tell you something right now. We're going to try and get this into now. Fuck your footy classifieds. Fuck you on the couch on the sauce and all these footy shows. This is us three wise men right here because you know what? We're in the prime ages of our lives. And you think of our parents of what they, let's say, endured of the calendar that they saw then. We want this of right now. 
we want to give the big fuck yous to Hawthorne, to Richmond, most importantly to Collingwood. And please, don't worry about Essendon because they could just stay mediocre. Yeah, we're at rock bottom, but you know what? We'd rather be fucking last until we are fucking actually back on top. So as far as what have we got? Hopefully another 16 minutes. I don't care. Maybe another hour. But I need to really address this across. And I even try and sometimes do this on my sort of live feeds as well. I just feel that, you know what? With the bike coming around the corner, and you mentioned with the next four games coming up, St Kilda, Essendon, Brisbane, and the Bulldogs. Now, look, yep, all those sides are having their, you know, moments throughout the season where they've looked good and they've looked vulnerable. It just really depends on that week-to-week basis of when we get certain sides and how they tend to, uh, you know, basically uh, play up. So, look, I don't know what selection is going to be like for next week, but I I did mention, obviously, all of this earlier. Do we make those bold calls as far as, like, who comes in and out of the side for the game against um, St Kilda? Because the funny thing is with St Kilda, for a side that obviously weren't expecting to win as much games either, mind you, I remembered, uh, I think Brennan Favola actually mentioned this on the footy show. This was before when the footy show was actually still going around. It's obviously, it's now no more due to the absolute hacks of the panel where you've got, you know, an armed wheelchair and a woman that has a big mole in her bloody cheek, which if she gets rid of that, she'll actually look half attractive. But anyway, anyway... Mark goes bang! I do remember if St Kilda had a loss to the Gold Coast, Feb actually goes, I'm calling it, Alan Richardson would get sacked and St Kilda would just be, again, full of nothings. But in saying that, uh, it pretty much would say almost to find their season. And also to have... A lot of guys that were out of the side at the time, like the Dylan Robertsons, Jack Stephen with mental health uh, illness, and mind you, that's been a big topic, uh, big uh, topic uh, talking point, of course, just in the AFL in general. Obviously, Dan Hatterbury being that mature age recruit, he hasn't still played a game. Jack Carl, you just think with St Kilda, they've got a lot of guys that are in their best 22 and they're not there, but they're just showing up and have got nothing to lose. And I almost just feel like, you know, what more do we fucking need? Like, I'm sorry, you. Yeah, I know we've got a few out again, but for God freaking sake, can we just like, you know what? Put the bullets in the heads and just go for it. Yeah, you're spot on. And what what did St Kilda do in the off season? Um, apart from those players, what did they do in the off field that we didn't do? Put the right fucking coaches around Alan Richardson. They got Brett. Rubber. Yes, they got Brett. Fucking rats. Yes. I fucking miss that guy so much. Yes. Yes, boys. Yes. It's exactly what they did. <laughs> um, Richo was a dead man walking. And they addressed the need to put the right people around him. And, you know, okay, maybe there's some merit in talking about Bolt being a teacher and, and not necessarily a, a great AFL tactical coach. So what are you got to do? Go and put the right people around him. Now, yes, we went and got Andrew Russell. Big tick. Big tick. And yes, it's going to take time because you can't make, uh, you know, professional sport is is tough because you, as soon as it starts going pear-shaped, you can't make drastic changes and, and, and expect it to happen straight away. It has to be incremental. Now, we know that we're lacking a small forward. Shockingly, we know that. Um, and I think what we also now realize is, okay, maybe our assistant coaches around Bolts are terrible. So, the reality of all that is, okay, let's say we're right. 
the only time we can really change that is at the end of the season. So what's, what's the answer right now? I don't know. I just don't know. Um, it, it's got to come from the players between now and the end of the season. They've just got to put more effort in and not, and not have this defeatist attitude because I think, I think there was a little bit of that coming into this game today as well. Um, and when it got too tough, it was all over in their minds. But, yeah, it's something I want to have a, a really strong look at in this offseason. Um, what, what, what is the team that we're putting around Brett, um, Brendan Bolton this year, if he's still there at the end of the year? I'll be looking very, very closely at it. Yeah, it's, it's just, there's just, it just feels like there's so many things that we could just say, so many things that you know we can have opinions on and stuff. We're, as you said before, let's get back to the positivity. We're always going to be there, no matter what. I don't care if we're, you know, well, I do care, obviously, but if we're losing by 100 points and whatever, I'm sticking fat with this team and with this club, no matter what, because that's what I've been brought up with my life. And no matter what, I'm sticking by this team. And that's just what you got to do. And something's got, something's, something will give at some point. It's just... About, it's just a matter of when is that point going to be, and you know we're all wishing it's going to be soon, next week hopefully, but miracles just don't happen overnight unfortunately. But I just hope that the players actually look at themselves tonight for that despicable performance and make a change this week. Work even harder at training, do the extra work, put the extra work in, and just really make that effort to show the Carlton faithful that, hey, you know, we're still here. We're going to compete. And hopefully, you know, hopefully that gives something and hopefully we can just win next week. It's not going to be a given by any means. St Kilda's been a bit of a hoodoo team for us, you know, over the, over the past. So, um, yeah, it's, it's going to take a lot of hard work. Miracles do happen, but... I just want to see this group actually just play with some heart and soul yeah. this week because they just look like there was none of it today. I mean, we also get back. There's no turning back. You're either with us or against us. Yeah, of course. As simple as that. Of course, of course. And look, you know, going back to the practicality, um, one thing I will commend the club on is not playing Liam Jones this week. I thought it was a really, I thought it was the right choice because uh, brain injuries are um, a very much undervalued and underappreciated. Um, uh, issue in, in world sport and I'm glad that we took the cautious approach of not playing him um, but what we know is we. I mean I, I listened to Bolts' uh, presser as well after the game and I'm pretty sure he's going to come in next week uh, pretty sure Simo's going to come in next week um, so that all of a sudden then you inject a good couple hundred we're talking three to four hundred games of uh, experience right in there so that'll that'll be a big tick and obviously Simo's more of a He's a Carlton man. He, he knows what it takes and he's been in these situations before. So, you know, practically speaking, that's going to be a tick for us. And, you know, and I can see an area of improvement there. Um, and then I think, I think the, you know, the Samos, the, um, the Fishers, the Dows, I think they will have, um, an, a, you know, a, a better layer of confidence going up against the, the likes of the St. Kilda midfielders who are still playing really good footy, not disrespecting them. But I don't think they'll be as intimidated by them as what they were of, you know, Kelly Whitfield and the like today. So, again, it's, it's a bit early to tell. Um, you know, the dust will settle. We'll, you know, we're going we're gonna to get through tomorrow because I think all, most of the um, 
TV programs and media, you know, they'll be, you know, firing their flamethrowers at us tomorrow. And we know that uh, this generation listens to every word that's said about them. Uh, so we'll, um, we'll wait and see what the fallout is over the next, you know, 48 hours or so. And um, I think because there's a few things to happen. I mean, obviously, the, the Murphy situation, will he play, won't he play? And then there's also Samo was a bit tight during the game, so he didn't play the full game. And then apparently Daisy Thomas was reported for abusing an umpire as well. So there's a few things we've got to sort of wait and see what happens. And, you know, we'll regroup. We'll go again. And hopefully we can uh, get a better result next week. I also noticed um, with obviously being Patrick Cripps obviously tagged throughout the game, there was, I think, um, an incident that he had been cited for a report through, I think it was a jumper punch. must have been on Finlayson throughout the uh, second term, I believe, which I don't know if that's going to be all of a sudden cited. But then again, you almost think, well... Being the AFL, if it's superstar, well-known players, things like that, you tend to think they basically just disappear. But then again, you almost feel like being Carlton, you almost feel like there's just going to be some twist that they will try and make a plot that if they will suspend him, then they'll make a headline going, what are they going to do without him sort of thing? And um, I was just sort of wondering what, your thoughts would be on that. Oh, mate, for me, for me, it's uh, it's simple. He flopped. There was no jumper punch. Um, he was uh, he wasn't reported on the yep. day. Um, it was look you know, the AFL. Well, they'll look at it. Uh, Finlayson flopped. Simple yep. as that. And that, I, I thought it was a fucking weak act by yep. him. But he outsmarted the umpire. Yep. Good luck to him. Well done. Um, and it's just sort of you know move on from here. Um, yeah. He Fair had he not dropped his knees and flung his head back, it, it wouldn't have been. Uh, looked at as a jumper punch. Uh, I'd be shocked if the AFL came out and, and actually cited Paddy Cripps for that. So that that's how I see it. No, 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 that's fair enough as well. Um, and in, just in regards to that, I mean, like, God, players just need to bloody just man up and toughen up. I mean, for God's sake, back then, even a king hit punch or even a nice elbow to the jaw, but all of a sudden, the players back then, they were so tough. It was almost just like an airbrush. Now, all of a sudden, a little pushy pinky finger, all of a sudden, bloody players are flying to the, you know, full moon. Yep. Yep. Fair dinkum. Soft. Yep. All right, boys. I'm going to I'm gonna leave it there. Thank you very much for coming to this therapy session that is the Carlton Football Club fan emotion group uh, because heaven knows our fucking <laughs> players didn't show enough emotion as what we are today. Yeah. Let's hope, let's hope that... Uh, Let's hope the players actually bring out that same bloody emotion that we're, we're bringing out here. Because at the same time, as much uh, implicity this has been on this episode, uh, every bit of it was uh, obviously worth it because uh, we simply just can't fucking take this anymore. We'll need to do whatever it takes. And I'll tell you, and as we said earlier, uh, it will be very interesting as far as who will come in and out of the side and just get back to basics. Let's just play attacking football. Let's just find something that, you know what, we can try and enjoy ourselves again. Stuff the so-called over-analysis crap. I'm sure with other teams, it's just, this is what we're doing. We believe in that, and you do it. Just do it. Love it, boys. Go the Mighty Blue Boys. Likewise. Come on, Blue Boys. Come on. <laughs>